I'm still on my hunt for health today. Praise God. When I was driving into town, I told Bridget, I said, I've got to write down something that the Holy Spirit was telling me on my way into town. I'm sorry I interrupted you, but anyway, I thought I got to write this down. But God was reminding me over in Genesis, this is what he was telling me, that he made a woman. And I can remember when I used to teach on that, that when you begin to study how God made woman, he used the word in the King James, made. And you look up the references and all that on that, it says that he builded woman and that she is very skillfully and handcrafted, you know, you're very skillfully and handcrafted, ladies. You are. And he made each one of us different. And I know <coughs> one of my goals, which we'll probably get into in a little bit, in this hunt for health. You know, now we're all in a position probably where we need a healing. Okay? But we want to keep it. Where after we receive that healing, I want to be in health and stay in health in that particular area. But you think about what he was ministering to me on the way in today was, I am very skillfully and handcrafted. But what he was telling me was, I gave you your frame. Now eat accordingly. Some people can eat some things and some shouldn't. But he says, I've, he told me, he says, I've got a plan for your frame. Are you getting it? Yeah. You need to write that down. That's pretty good, as Creflo would say. God has a plan for your frame. He has a plan for my frame. And it's not going to be the same as it is for someone else's. But he does. He says, I have a plan for you. Well, what is it, Father? That's where we get into the spirit realm. We have to be sensitive to see what that plan is he has for me. And you know, if he gives you a different plan from mine, then I'm not to judge you for the plan that he gave you. And you don't judge me. I can't tell you what to eat, and I cannot tell you what to, not to eat. I don't know what his plan is for you, but he does. And we need to find out, Father, what is your plan for my body? Now, it's going to take some time with him, praying in the Spirit, and find out, I know what part of his plan is for me. Praise God. But I'm still on the hunt for help, and I hope you are too. <clears throat> this body, as you all know, is your earth suit. Satan wants to get you out of it. That's why he attacks the health. He wants you to die early because of the word that you know. Because if he can get you out of this earth, you're no good to the kingdom of God. Because he took, by taking you out of the earth early, he's taking the knowledge of the word out of the earth early. In, in your circle, in the people you meet and greet. He's after the word, ladies. That's what sickness is all about. He, he doesn't want you learning, and he doesn't want you to know about health either. So uh, I'm going to read uh, some things out of Dr. Lily B. Yeoman's uh, book here. So I'm going to do some reading out quite a bit, but let's see. I'm going to start with this. She said one morning, one fine morning, and she was a doctor. I, I was called by a telegram to a certain rural settlement, a beautiful and very rich farming district, where I found a terrible state of affairs. A number of people, including some of their very finest young men, were smitten by an awful scourge, a malignant type of typhoid fever. One magnificent specimen of young manhood, a boy of about 17, perfectly proportioned, with an intellectual head and a noble face, the oldest son of his father, who was one of the wealthiest men in the vicinity, was in the article of death, perfectly unconscious when I arrived. 
he was, he was just a specimen of help before this hit him. Needless to say, I did what I could. Uh, I ministered to the sick ones according to the best methods of the knowledge of medicine that he had, she had at that time. But do you think I stopped with that? Just, just doctoring them uh, medically. Do you think I stopped with that? She had to ask herself, well, needless to say, I did what I could, you know. But you know, I did not. Why? She needed to get to the source. The source of all sickness and disease is Satan. But there was an earthly source. Holy Spirit, just minister this to every woman in here. There is a, we know that the root of sickness and disease is Satan. But we're in an earth where there is sickness and disease everywhere, all kinds of afflictions. So the thing of it is, I need to get, I know the source is Satan, but I, is it my diet? See, there's earthly reasons that some of these things come upon us, and we ignore it. We try to satisfy the fleshly desire. But she said, no, I need, what is causing this with all these people? And even the young people are dying. So she said, I should have been, I would have been guilty of criminal negligence if I had not taken steps to find the source of the infection with the view of shutting it off Absolutely, and so stamping out that dread, dreadful disease. I, I would just want the Holy Spirit to minister to you and to me what she's saying here. That uh, what is the source? This oh, I need to I need to stamp out whatever's causing this. You need to stamp out whatever is causing this. I need to stamp out whatever it is causing. Any weakness, any, anything in my body that is a hindrance that is not operating like it should. I had a lady come up to me last week, <coughs> a few of you know who it was, after I taught and read that uh, commentary on where it mentioned kidneys. If it was only for this one woman, it was worth teaching. And she came up to me and she was crying and she said that she wasn't going to come to church that day. She didn't feel good. And she told the person that called her, are you going to church today? Bible study today? I just don't feel good. Because it was her kidneys. You think God doesn't know what we need. He knows the very specific word that we need so that's why we're saying it's a spiritual battle we need the specific word ask him father what is the specific word that I need concerning this attack in my body what is the specific word and then you pray the answer you say well I don't know what it is your spirit man does God does Pray the answer in your spirit. You know, pray in tongues and say, Father, I'm going to pray the answer in tongues. And then after you pray the answer, you, you may not know what it is then, but it will come later or sometime if you've prayed the answer. And so start thanking him. Father, I thank you. You just gave me the answer. I prayed it in the spirit, and it will come to my mental capacities. It will come to the knowledge of my head. And I trust, we just sank it, I trust in you that when I prayed in the Spirit, I prayed the answer. And I thank you I received that in, into my soul. Amen. Anyway, so, you know, as, as we said, there's a source from which all sickness comes. But we need to know from the source which ours has come as far as whatever we're doing, right or wrong. And she says, And the last time I visited that beautiful place, I found a great change. 
The farmers had completely altered their manner of life. The farmers had completely altered their manner of life. Pete and repeat went over the hill. Pete came back, who was left? Okay. The farmers had completely <laughs> altered. <laughs> oh, God, I'm sorry. <laughs> it's just my personality. <laughs> the farmers had completely altered their, their manner of life. I didn't alter it for you. The water supply was now free from taint. And the most sanitary methods prevailed in their homes, their stables, and dairies so that their connection, emphasis on the word, their connection with the source of the epidemic was shut off. Oh, hallelujah, get that, girls. Your connection with whatever it is should be cut off. Isn't that good? I mean, God's good, y'all. Hallelujah. And don't let your neighbor tell you what it is. You let the Holy Spirit tell you. Okay, he said, she said, And I never heard of any more typhoid fever in that district. I don't think they ever had any, I don't think they even have any more now. He, she said, Do you understand the parable? I am sure you do. We have learned from our study of God's creative work that it is his will that his masterpiece, man, should be as he was created. That's what we're striving for. In the image of God, very good, free from all deformity, disability, and disease. This is God's eternal purpose regarding man. For whatsoever God doeth, it shall be forever. Amen. That being, that being the case, let us ask, what is the source of all the disease that we see about us that is, <clears throat> excuse me, working in the, some of our homes, that's even in our bodies? And let us make the inquiry with the view of shutting off all connection with the source of it. Wow. You know, this is not necessarily easy. But it's a decision and a choice that we make to cut off whatever that is. <coughs> she says, it was the best thing that ever happened to those farmers when they discovered that the typhoid was due to dead hogs in the water supply. For, isn't that something? She went on to find out what the source was. For they could uh, get rid of them and keep rid of them for all time to come. If they had gone on drinking dead hog soup, <laughs> they would have gone on having typhoid. But they didn't have to go on drinking it. What is his plan for you? What is his plan for me? Now my sweet little best friend back there, one of my best friends, Pamela, my sister-in-law, she made a statement. <laughs> she always making a statement. <laughs> it can be good, it can be funny, or whatever. But it ministered to me. <clears throat> she made the statement when we were at their house the other day. She said, I don't say the word diet because of die. D-I-E being in it. And I thought, that's good. So... I don't talk about diets. I'm not on a diet. I found a new way of living. I found a new life divine. I have the fruit of the Spirit abiding in the vine. Abiding in the vine. Abiding in the vine. Love, joy, peace, health. You have made them mine. Power and victory abiding, abiding in the vine. Well, that's pretty good singing, girls. That's a goldie oldie, but it's powerful, isn't it? So, anyway, I want to focus on life and not on the death part. Because he said, I want us to go to Deuteronomy 30. I'm going to read that real quick. Deuteronomy 30. And let's see what verse it is. Verse 19. 
These glasses, y'all, I'm sorry they're scratched. I am getting new ones, so it's kind of hard to read past the scratches. Okay. The word, verse 14, the word is very nigh unto thee in thy mouth and in thy heart that thou shouldest do it or say it. See, I have set, verse 15, I have set before thee this day life and good and death and evil. In that I command thee this day to love the Lord thy God, to walk in his ways and to keep his commandments and his statutes and his judgments. And he goes on to say, now you choose. Which do you want? I want life. And today we're talking about a life that's healthy. I want my life to be healthy. I don't want to always be getting up and trying to quote healing scriptures and you know, I want it to be natural, the way I was created. Amen? So uh, he's telling us it is up to you to choose. It's up to me to choose. So we let's not let what's happening in our bodies or to our bodies, let's just don't ignore it, you know? You need to make a choice, and I need to make a choice, and I'm choosing life. And you know the old Doris Day song, whatever will be, will be. That's not good. But do you know that's a lot of people's attitude? Is whatever will be, will be. This is the way it is. I made that statement this morning to PJ. He was out at my house working on some projects outside, and I said, well, that's just the way it is. I thought, dear God, I just was fixing to teach that. You know, the Holy Spirit, I'm breaking that connection of whatever will be, will be. Well, if I'm going to say that, I'm going to say health. Amen. So anyway, you're saying, when I'm saying that's just the way it is, that's just the way my body is right now, then what I'm saying is there's not going to be a change. There's not going to be a change if I'm saying this is the way it is right now. Amen. So. Uh, the Clark commentary said about that scripture, where it says life is good, it meant present and future blessings. That's what we want. Life, he said, choose life. Life is good. And then on the part where he says uh, the death and evil that he talked about in that uh, 19th verse, that means present and future miseries. Which do you choose? Which do I choose? You know, it's just, our words are so important. We know that from studying the book of Proverbs. We know that words are very important in our health, in our prosperity, in life itself. Now, I want to go to um, Proverbs 3, and I want to also read that in the Amplified. And verse 1 says, My son, forget not my law, but let thine heart keep my commandments for length of days, and long life and peace shall they add to you. Length of days are in what God says. And we need to have coming out of our mouth. Now then, down in verse 8, he says, His laws, his way of doing things, it shall be health to thy navel and marrow to their, bo- to their bones. And what I wanted to read that out of the Amplified for because it gave a little more description of what it's going to be to you when we do what the Word of God says. Let me see here. Verse 8. It shall be health, or medicine, to your nerves and sinews. What are sinews? What? The connective tissue. Oh, that's good. Okay, it shall be health to your nerves uh, and Connective tissues and marrow and moistening to your bones. His word. The laws, spiritual laws that he has set forth. That's what they'll be to your body. To my body. And we need to connect to that. And disconnect from some other things, praise God. But the Holy Spirit will tell us what we need to disconnect from. So, uh, 
Let's look at Proverbs 16 and 24. Proverbs. Well, I'm in Proverbs. Excuse me. Okay, Proverbs 16, 24. Pleasant words. Are as an honeycomb, sweet to the soul, and health to thy bones. Pleasant words are like a honeycomb, praise God. So we know from several scriptures in Proverbs where it talks about words, that words are important to our health. Very important to our health. Because... Our body always responds to words. Always. So, we're going to look at eating. We're going to look at gluttony. Hallelujah. What to eat and what not to eat. Certain things. Because we know that food affects our health. I want to know what the Bible says instead of what man says. <coughs> okay? Man has made so many rules. Well, you can't eat this. You can't eat that. And man talks about it. So, I'm searching for health. This little book has set me free from condemnation of if I eat this, they say, oh, I shouldn't eat this, oh, I shouldn't eat that. This book has set me free from that. And it is so interesting. It, it, look how yellow this thing is. I've had this probably for 30 years. And I thought, okay, I need to start looking at some things. So, well, I don't the diet alternative. And Oral Roberts is the one that, forwarded it it's by Diane Hampton the diet alternative but it is so much it, it just has so much in it but I, what I'm going to go to and I'm going to be doing a lot of reading here uh, the scripture that says eat whatever is set before you don't you love this little book well when a person has been on many diets for many years, he is likely, likely to make food choices with calories or carbohydrates in mind. You will love me when I get through with this because the Lord says you have to. <laughs> I'm on the search for help. He is always buying special foods. Now, if he steps on your toes, just receive it and ask the Holy Spirit, what are you saying to me? Okay. Some foods have come to be viewed as good foods. If he's eating these foods, he feels he has eaten well. Other foods have come to be, reviewed, have come to be viewed as bad foods. Well, who's telling you all of this anyway? Who are you listening to? That was my ad addition. If he eats these foods, he feels condemnation. Too much of the wrong kind of importance is given to the foods he eats. Too much of the wrong kind of information is given to the foods that he eats. That really ministered to me. The information you are given about certain foods is not necessarily right. It can be wrong information. I'm telling you, this book has set me free, and it's been in my books, my book collection for 30 years, I guess. I thought, too much of the wrong kind of importance is given to the foods he eats. Who are we trusting, God or what somebody else tells you? 
what you can, what you shouldn't, all of this kind of stuff. Well, I'm going to listen to the Holy Spirit, and he's going to tell me. Okay? So what, a, what about what we eat? What did Jesus teach about what we eat? Food fads are so-called truths come and go. But God's word is truth itself. Remember when you couldn't eat chocolate and now they say you can? <laughs> you know, what are we listening to? This is a spiritual healing. It's all about spirit. There is no higher findings than when Jesus Christ taught. His life is our example in every area. It reveals truth that we can count on on truth that will last. What did Jesus teach about eating was the next topic. People today are uptight about food. Is that not the truth? The very thing that Satan used in Genesis, he's using on against my body and against your body. This is really good, y'all. I don't know. Okay, Pamela. But... It's all about money, she said. Okay. <laughs> there, is, there is hardly a food that isn't suspect in some circles. Bookshelves are filled with answers about what we should and shouldn't be eating. One eats sugar, another adamantly against it. One eats meat, another eats only vegetables. Relationships, even among family members and brothers in the Lord, can feel the strain of the diversity of beliefs. And you know what, my bunco friends, <laughs> that I'm in the bunco group, <coughs> we have people that will eat certain foods and people that won't eat, you know. And you know what I fix? What I want. <laughs> I fix exactly someone's, old, well, what about someone's, oh, they're dieting. Well, that's tough. I'm cooking what I want to cook, and they can either eat it, and that's what I do. They make it, it's their choice. But I'm going to cook what I want to, I'm not under them. And so what he's saying, it, it has put a strain on relationships. It started putting a strain on our, strain on our bunco group about what should I fix? I know they don't eat this, and I know they don't eat that. Can you see what Satan's doing through food? Even strained relationships. This is better teaching, y'all think. You're going to be set free if you choose to be. It's a choice. Okay. So, I believe Jesus was very aware of the divisions such doctrines can cause, and it really does. When he sent out the 70 disciples, he gave specific instructions with regard to what to eat. This would have been an ideal time to give instructions and laws regarding food. Yet, his statements were simple and clear. In the same, uh, in the same house remain eating and drinking such things as they give. Eat such things as are set before you. That's in Luke. In other words, whatever they are eating, you eat Eat whatever is set before you. And, and then he'll go on, she will go on to explain all this, but she, she was set totally free, you know, also. So I, I've got written just things I really want to read out of here. Let me see if I can find some of it. Um, what about nutrition and health? What about processed and non-processed foods? Oh, dear mercy. Dear mercy. What about it, Lord? Well, you can't eat any more processed foods. By the time every individual puts input into you about what you should and shouldn't do, you're going to starve to death. You'll starve to death, literally. So what we're doing today is taking the pressure off of what you eat. But this is so good. So what about it? What about processed, non-processed food? Some have taught that the reason Jesus was never sick was because he never ate processed foods. Well, <laughs> well, listen to this. Part of that is very true. Jesus did not eat processed food. There were no processed foods at the time of Christ. <laughs> I thought, that's good. <laughs> 
I just had to stop and laugh there. Yet sickness was rampant. There was no processed food. He didn't eat it, and yet sickness was rampant. Even though there was no processed food. So what's he trying to teach you there? <laughs> oh, this is so good. Y'all cannot have this book, by the way, because I'm not through with it. Sickness was rampant in Jesus' day, okay? If not eating processed foods was the secret of good health, there should have been no sickness in Jesus' time. Are y'all getting set free? Now, we'll get into, you know, moderation here in a minute. Even today, in countries where there are no processed foods, the life expectancy is only one half of that in the United States. Do we have some wrong information? Yes. Okay. Nations without processed foods often face starvation and every form of sickness and disease, those that don't have it, rather than experiencing the healthy life one would expect to find. Okay. Now, here he is. Do y'all mind me reading this? It's better than me trying to tell you. Okay. So then he, she goes in to say importance of processed foods. What? You mean... There's an importance on processed food. I've been told, don't touch it. Well, praise God. Lady, I just thank you so much. Okay. Of course, foods can be over-processed. Okay, let's use our smarts, you know. They can be over-processed. Sometimes nutritional value is needlessly lost, but other times nutritional value is greatly enhanced. And she gives the example of an apple. Uh, save an apple for three months in its natural state and examine the nutritional value of the rotted fruit. Take the same apple off the tree and process it quickly into applesauce or frozen slices. Process it, save it for three months, and the comparative nutritional value of the apple is greatly enhanced by processing. Isn't that amazing? Processing. Take that word out of your, you know. Processing. It, it has done a work in our mind. Anything that's processed, forget it. Well, no. He's, she's saying there's value in some processing. Okay. Ask our forefathers about the health benefits of trying to make it through the long winter months without processed foods. Karen, do you process your garden? Why do you do that? To preserve it. Because you need it during the winter, and she needs to bless me with some of it, and every year she does. She, 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 uh, her husband, Tom, oh my, he can feed the army. Okay. Of all the sick people Jesus ministered to, there were multitudes. He never mentioned what they were eating. That just blessed my socks. I thought, I've never thought of that, y'all. When he was ministering to the sick, he never said, change what you're eating. He never said, you need to go on a diet. <laughs> he never mentioned diet. Did you notice that? Well, you will now. Praise God. I'm telling you, this, this has really set me free, but has given me wisdom also about the food that we eat what my body needs, what my frame needs. So he never mentioned what they were eating. I'm going to lay hands on you, but honey, what are you eating? Well, I had a lot of sugar today. I ate sugar, but it was in my chocolate. Let's get real here, girls. Okay? So, if what we eat is so important to our health, wouldn't Jesus have mentioned it to all the sick people he dealt with? He never indicated in, my way, in any way that they needed to change what they were eating. Teach me, oh Lord. Teach me. I want to learn. You see, I think it was last week we talked about, when we understand the anatomy of this body, we'll do things different. What I eat for my frame may be different from what you need to eat for your frame. Amen? Don't put me under your 
your frame. Okay. He did mention faith, though. He didn't mention what did you eat. He didn't mention diet. He, mean, he mentioned faith. That faith had made thee whole. The woman that was sick of the blood disease. It was faith that made her whole. I want wholeness. So we need to see. We, we plan our day every morning but what we're going to eat. All day long we're planning. Three, you got to have three meals. You know what? I haven't even eaten today and hadn't thought about it. I have not thought about eating today. I'm not hungry. Wait. Well, don't listen to some of the other stuff. Okay. So, he never indicated that I needed to change what they're eating. So, the faith is what makes people whole. In fact, he told her, he said, I've never found such faith in all Israel. That's what this little woman had, you know. Jesus... I like this. Jesus ate as he instructed the, his disciples. He ate whatever was set before him. And you start reading the New Testament. You're going to find out he did just that. When walking through a cornfield, oh, you can't eat corn. Is that a starch? Is that what it's supposed to be that they tell us? I love these examples. I'm free, y'all. And I'm healthy. And I'm going to be the right size for my frame with this freedom. So, he ate whatever was set before him. When walking through a cornfield, when he was hungry, we are told that he plucked a corn, ear of corn off to eat. Oh, did you see her eat that corn? You know, I, she ate two corn ears of corn. Condemnation from people we love. We are told that he plucked corn to eat. Well, when he passed by a fig tree and was hungry, he reached for a fig. Are y'all getting this? When he multiplied the fish and loaves, he never changed what he multiplied. He multiplied whatever was set before him. Some believe they should eat Ezekiel's bread, but Jesus didn't. If that's what he tells you to eat, then you eat it. Okay? But he didn't have his equal bread. Some say we should eat as Daniel, only eating the pulse, which is vegetables and water. Vegetarians. The Bible says in Daniel 1.15 that Daniel and the children of Israel who did not eat the king's meat were fatter and fairer in flesh than all the children which did eat all that other stuff. Okay. Um, then it, oh, y'all ready? Got your band-aids out for your toes? <laughs> what about sweets? This lady covers everything. Perhaps more than any food today, we read about sugar and sweets. You ready to get set free? <laughs> I love this smiling woman. <laughs> Overweight people have long looked upon sweets as forbidden fruit. What about sweets? Does scripture teach that it is wrong to eat sweets? Anybody got any scriptures on that? Are you liking this, June? I see her just shaking her head in there. <laughs> okay. I'm still going to be y'all's friend. Set free, amen. Are they the deceitful meats pro broke, spoken of in Proverbs? Actually, Scripture is filled with references to sweets. And there is a consistent pattern. Now, I know some of y'all's mind has gone to the Scripture about the dainties and all of that, eating the dainties and all of that. Okay. So when God spoke of the promised land, he called it a land flowing with milk and honey. honey. What's honey? Mm -hmm. God said he would lead them into a good land, a land of wheat and barley and vines and fig trees and pomegranates and a land of oil, olive oil and honey. When reading these scriptures, keep in mind that honey is even sweeter than sugar. 
have we heard some wrong stuff? Yeah. Honey has 64 calories to a tablespoon and sugar only has, uh, no, I'm, honey has 64 calories to a tablespoon and sugar only has 46. Even syrups do not duplicate the sweetness of honey. So he does talk about sweets. And she goes on into a lot of, a lot of this stuff about sweets. But um, let me get on over here. I've got to find this. Honey's value. Some of the highest words of praise in Scripture have to do with sweetness. Ezekiel described the word of God in Ezekiel chapter 3. It was in my mouth as honey for sweetness. It just goes on and on and on and talk about all of these things about honey being sweetness. But it doesn't say don't eat sugar. So he's not against sugar is how much we eat of sugar. And you know, the way I was raised in my family, we're gonna get into living in uh, moderation here. My family, we had sweets every single day. Mother made sweets for, it. we would either have it at lunch or dinner at night. We called it supper, I like supper. But we each got a piece. We don't take and eat a dozen cookies as they came out of the out of the oven, because you know that's when they taste the best. Why are we trying to satisfy cravings? But we we were not fat. We weren't fat. I mean, we ate fried potatoes with onions in them. And, and chick, fried chicken, the old-fashioned way. We didn't have to grill it outside. I mean, you know, what was the difference then than what it is now? Well, I just can't get enough of this. Yeah. Well, living in moderation. We'll look at this. In Proverbs, we are told to eat honey or sweets because it is good and sweet to our taste. We are also cautioned that it is not good to eat much honey. Scripture says, Hast thou found honey? Eat so much as is sufficient for you. And he was, she was substituting sweets here. Now, um, Paul tells us in Philippians, Let your moderation be known, be known unto all men. So what does that mean for us today? It means it is all right to eat sweets, God meant for you to enjoy them, but eat only as much as is sufficient for thee. Now, I hope y'all know. I hope y'all don't mind me sharing me. But you see, I have to live this, and I have to learn from it. But we went to Mike and Pam's, my brother's house, to watch the Razorbacks the other day, and uh, I was to make Mexican cornbread, and she was making some kind of new chili that you serve that you serve noodles in. Anyway, uh, and then she said well, she was going to bake a peach pie cobbler because my brother-in-law, my sister, was going. He loves peach cobbler. But you know what? My mind started fighting that. I thought, okay, am I going to eat that cobbler or am I not going to eat that cobbler? And, and blah, 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 you know. And what about that chili, you know? Is that in my plan? You know, and so I was, had these thoughts going through my mind. And I thought, well, yep, I'm going to eat a little bit of that peach cobbler. I did not gain an ounce. Not an ounce. Because I didn't overeat. I, I enjoyed that sweet cobbler so much. And we're talking about sweets here. It was so good. Just, you know... Just a tablespoon. I looked at it when he brought it to me. It was a very small serving. I thought, I didn't tell him to do that. But you should have seen his. <laughs> he didn't gain either, did he? But are you getting this? You know, we're here to learn. And so I, I ate what was before me. And if I come to your house, 
I'm going to eat what you set before me, but I am not going to overeat what you set before me. But you know, when we find something that satisfies our taste buds, we want to overeat it. You know, I mean, it's the overeating. Did you know God created all this food? Praise God. So I hope that sets you free because I ate peach cobbler. Okay. So it, it means that it's all right to eat sweets. God meant for you to enjoy them, but only what is sufficient for you. Okay. It, I, love, I love this. If you buy a package of six little donuts and after eating some, you are filled, like if I, if I ate one and that's satisfied, you know, whatever, then don't eat the whole package. Moderation means that if half of a candy bar is sufficient for you, don't eat all of it. We are raised where, well, I can't throw that away. I can't throw that away. I do. When I make something at the house, I know, uh, I, I don't know how many sweet things I have thrown away after I've eaten what piece or two I want of it. It either goes across the street to David and Annette. <laughs> of course, she won't touch it. But, uh, or in the trash. It doesn't bother me to throw those things away. Well, you don't know about those starving kids, you know, that don't ever have anything to eat. Well, I'm sorry, but I can't feed them this. You know, however we think. But I love that. It said moderation means that if half of a candy bar is sufficient for you, are you getting it? Yeah. Don't eat it. And I thought about that because Jordan, uh, our, our little one that just turned two, Jordan Paul, when he's at the house, and I noticed it uh, yesterday, I guess it was, when he was at the house. You know the little um, little candy bars that are about what? They're, yeah, real little, little small size. And he always knows where I keep all of that stuff up on this cabinet. And he'll get your hand and you got to go with him. Well, uh, Chelsea gave him one of those little little candy bars. He took about two bites of it and threw it on the floor. That was a lesson for me. It was just enough to satisfy him. It was just enough. And I've done that a lot of times. But one thing that I have substituted... Uh, because I know we had talked about one of the things that I was changing in my, my plan was snacks at night, you know, because somehow or another when you're home alone and watching a ball game or whatever, boy, that sure sounds good, you know. Your mind goes to that. So I thought, okay, I, I just need something, just something. And I have substituted, and I am thoroughly enjoying it, a, a tablespoon of peanut butter. I'm telling you, there's nothing satisfying like peanut butter. So I get that tablespoon and my glass of water, and I go in there and I just eat on that tablespoon of peanut butter, and I'm satisfied. I don't have to go have two or three candy bars or cookies or, or whatever. So there's changes, which we were talking about last week, that we can alter and, and replace something but it's just whatever is sufficient for you okay so okay so don't eat the whole package that's where we were how much is sufficient for me okay so deceitful meats and, and this was real good that she wrote deceitful meats then are not sweet this was a, this was a revelation to me Deceitful meats, then, are not sweets. Rather, they are foods eaten for the wrong reason. Foods that are eaten for... Because of frustration, guilt, anger, or boredom, they are foods eaten to help you forget your troubles rather than turn to God. Can we read that one again? Yeah. Okay. Deceitful meats, the wrong, we eat them for the wrong reasons. Because of frustration... Guilt, anger, or boredom, they are foods eaten to help you forget your troubles rather than turn to God. 
Some people have used sweets as deceitful meats. And he said they're not deceitful meats. They have experienced an unnatural obsession and a craving for sweets. So if a person has a problem with lust and reads sensual books, that is wrong. But reading isn't wrong. And the books aren't wrong. Being able to read is a gift from God. But it can be used the wrong way. So we can, miss, we can use those whatever foods the wrong way, which makes them not good for us, and they can be called deceitful meats. Amen? Okay, I'm still going here. Uh, then he goes, she goes into directions for today. What we are seeing today is a fulfillment of the prophecy given by Paul. Now the, now the Spirit speaketh expressly that in the latter times, we know we are in those latter times, right? Some shall depart from faith, giving heed to seducing spirits and doctrines of devils, forbidding to marry and commanding to abstain. This is where we are today. Uh, to abstain from meats, that is food. When he talks about meats, he's not talking about beef or chicken. He's talking about food. To abstain, to abstain from meats, that is foods, which God hath created to be received with thanksgiving. And you know, I, I've always thought, uh, they killed the fatted calf. It had fat. This calf had fat, and the fatter the better. Don't eat any fat. Well, I do. I eat fat. You try cooking a steak that doesn't have any fat in it. You've got gristle. So fat is not, our body has to have fat. And if you hear, well, I wouldn't touch that. It's got fat. Let me tell you how I do my um, green beans. <laughs> I have not gained one ounce. I ate for lunch and dinner last night. I, I buy small cans anymore, you know. And when, if it's just for one meal, I buy these anymore because I throw them away. I don't eat that much. It satisfies. So, Granny Underhill taught me this. You take your bacon grease. I saved all my bacon grease. That's called fat. And I put it on in my little, my pan. I did this yesterday, put it in my pan. Good bacon grease. Mm -hmm. And then I cut me up some onion. I put that onion in that grease and saute it until it gets to smelling just like I want it to smell. Then I take my canned green beans from the grocery store, for those who grow gardens, and I pour all that water off. Granny taught me this. Pour all that water off and put a little bit of fresh water. So I did that, and I dumped that in on those onions and bacon grease. Y'all are hungry, aren't you? And then I cooked them for a while. Oh, forbidden for some of you because you don't like sweets. Then I put a little bit of sugar and salt and pepper. It's got to have a tablespoon of sugar. That's what I ate yesterday. Best green beans you'll ever eat. Best green beans. And I ate them, and I didn't gain an ounce. Moderation. It's the overindulgence. Eat what is sufficient for you. I don't, I don't know that I, well, I'm not going to say that. Okay. But, but that's always kind of been a rule, is to eat what is sufficient for me. I can tell you, girls, you won't gain weight. Okay. Let's see where I am in all of this good stuff. I'm about out of time. Oh, he, he says something here. As for the development of diabetes, the primary de determining factor 
in the case of adults is obesity, not sugar consumption. I'm going to read that one again. Okay, I don't have diabetes, by the way. As for the development of diabetes, the primary determining factor in the case of adults is obesity, not sugar consumption. Man, this, this is just so good. I've been so set free. So, he, she says, let me say it again. Food is not sinful. Overeating is. It is not wrong to eat meat. It is not wrong to eat sugar. It is not wrong to eat non-organic foods. Well, I wouldn't eat anything that's not organic. Well, I do. Is it not wrong to eat processed foods? I mean, it is not wrong to eat processed foods. Conversely, it is not holy to eat in the, in the opposite direction, he says. It is not holy to eat organic foods. It is not holy to abstain from sugar. It is not holy to abstain from meat. You think you're being holy because you're abstaining from all this stuff. Okay, well, I'm about to run out of time, so... Brenda. So, in... <laughs> So in closing, um, these, this is a few little quotes. Dieting is a carnal weapon. When our issue with being overweight is a spiritual, spiritual thing. Dieting is a, car is a carnal weapon. And I love this. I, I kind of live like this. Full and healthy are our God-given responses. I think I've heard you say that. Full and hungry. That's what I meant to say. Did I say that wrong? Full and hungry are our God-given responses. Uh, David used to date a girl back in his dating days. And she would come to our house and sit at the table. And she was just a little thing. But she ate whatever she wanted. But she would, she would go, I am so full. But she hadn't eaten hardly anything. You know? And she'd go, oh, I am so full. That was that full and hungry response. So don't eat also beyond your God-given full and response. Now, you know, you know yourself. This full and hungry and, uh, Hungry response is very important because you'll notice that when you're working, ladies, you're doing housework or you're outside working, you don't even think about eating. But then when you get through, that, that hungry response may come. You know what? I'm hungry. And I have said that. I have said, all of a sudden, I think, you know what? I need to go eat something. And so I'll go eat something. That's why I don't have a certain time of day I eat. I just don't. If I'm not hungry, I don't eat. But the hungry will come to where I will eat. Amen? So, and I love this one. And, and I'm closing with this. Beyond full, all you get is fat. The end. <laughs> I'm telling you, girls, I'm on the hunt for health. And I hope y'all didn't mind me reading all of this, but, you know, I could have tried to explain it, but why? Because she did such an excellent job. But let's hunt for our health. Let's see what the Holy Spirit's telling us as an individual. And my, my goal is for my body to fit my frame. I've got to have my body to my it can and we don't want it to be too little for our frame. But I want to know when my body is just right because it will affect your legs, it'll affect your energy, it will affect your health. And I'm hunting for health. Amen. Well you can stand. I have just thoroughly enjoyed today. It's it's been fun. It's it's been a lot of fun. 
But there has been so much truth in the things that I read to you that I want you to implement those into your daily life. I mean, it's spiritual, girls. Well, Father, we're going to talk to you now. <laughs> oh, I love you, Father God. I love you, Holy Spirit, who is the revealer of truth, who is my teacher. And, Father, we realize that Satan has used this against us from the very beginning. We're not going to be tricked by him any longer. And, Father, we want you to place the desires in our body and in our heart and in our mind. I thank you, Father, that you will minister to each one of us as an individual on an individual level so that we will be able to do what you instruct us to do. And I thank you for that. And I see my future. I see my health on its way in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Have a great day.